Hey, good evening, everybody. Wow. The five top villains. I have the top five villains. They're the best. George thinks he has the top five villains. I don't know what he picked. He doesn't know what I picked. I'm very curious because I know I'm always right about things, these things, and I know I got the best villains. But we're going to do it tonight, so please stay tuned. We're coming right back. This is Counterparts. <laughs> Yeah, but she owes me five dollars, so I don't know. Um, anyway, <laughs> good evening, everyone. Welcome to Counterparts. My name is John Henry Soto, and this gentleman right here is George Batista. And uh, together we are Counterparts uh, Show, and um, we've been doing this now. This is our 14th episode, I believe. Wow. Which has been pretty wild. Yeah. Pretty wild. We, uh, uh, this was a, a fluke. <laughs> George was like, hey. How about we do this thing? And I was like, yeah, it's a good idea. Next thing you know, we're uh, we're doing 14 shows and uh, getting some really good guests. Um, and we're going to get even some greater guests, you know, and they're just going to keep getting better and better. Um, and we've had some great guests so far, and uh, I'm really looking forward to doing more. So before we get started, I just want to let everybody know that if you like what, we, what we're doing here, and if you actually have been part of this in the past and you think that this is actually an interesting thing, Please like, share, and subscribe to our channel. It really helps us a lot. It helps us a lot. It helps us a lot, and um, it's uh, we appreciate your input as well. So please let us know what we're doing right. Let us know what we're doing wrong, but be nice. Um, and and just uh, uh, join us here on this uh, quest of uh, exploring Star Trek. And I had some really insight on some stuff, George, that I wanted to talk about today about what we're doing here. So we'll go as the show go on. I think I'll, I'll talk more about it, but. I had a, I was on the, um, I was in New York city and I had like this epiphany of something and, uh, it had to do with Star Trek, but it just, it was this whole thing that I thought about that. It was, I thought, I thought it was interesting to me at the moment. It might be completely not interesting, but I'm going to talk about it later on as we go along. But, um, what else do we got going on? Um, any, any other announcements? Well, we have, we should talk about, oh yeah, our merch, <laughs> that's his. <laughs> that's the I sign i say like that. i really love you husband, i care about you <laughs> much love much love much love bro much love so we got uh let me um we got sean manuel's in the house yo hey what's up Bully bullies, that's right i know i know he, he he'll, te he'll text me that Bully <laughs> i'm like all right so Yes, George was mentioning about our merch. We actually have counterparts merch, which really it helps us in two ways. Well, it helps us in three ways, actually. One, it helps us because whatever little money comes from it, we use it for marketing. It's not really uh, an income thing. It's more of an opportunity for us to use some of that money to kind of like promote the show and to get. And we still do that anyway, so it's not like we're relying on that. But it does actually help and and make us uh, uh, um, and make us happy. Two, it helps us because you're promoting our 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 logo. You actually have it on you. This one, this is actually my thing. It's also on the back. This is on the back, right? It's on the back. Yes. Yes, it is. Look how look how nice that looks. That's awesome. Yeah, it looks really really cool, and uh, it's very nice. It's very comfortable. George has a T-shirt. We also have uh, mugs as well. 
cheers and um and that's and we have a lot of other stuff on there as well that you can check out on our website and that is right over here so you can go to counterpartsmerch.com and get yourself some merchandise and it helps us a third way because um you get to actually stay warm and that makes us happy that you're warm in our clothing <laughs> is that too much should have stuck uh, a too. little bit but you know you know the the thing was john that actually when <laughs> i was, was like when i was doing this i was just wanted you to see my powerful chest I, oh yeah i wasn't even thinking about the counterparts thing but since you went there uh yes yeah, yeah. definitely get our merch yeah i see that uh, push-up <laughs> bra is really working for you i'm glad, I'm glad I. and that one push-up that i can do yeah <laughs> <laughs> They're made out of 100% wooly wooly fabric. Absolutely. <laughs> People are, are going to have to go back yes. 10 episodes to find out what that meant. I, I don't think even we should remember. put a link to that episode somewhere. Yeah, right? we should put a link somewhere so you guys can see that, <laughs> where that came about. But all right. So thank you, everybody, for, for listening to that. And uh, those are the announcements that we have in all our little business. And uh, we're going to also talk about our trivia question that we have. Um Last week's trivia question was really good. It was a good one. And that's what I like. I mean, I don't I don't want to get these right. You know what I mean? It's like I don't want to get them right. I want to I want to be able to like, damn, I don't I want to learn something, you know. So that's what I appreciate about them. So without further ado, George Batista, what is our week this week's trivia question? Well, sir, uh might be a simple one today. But we'll like see. You said, I don't want them to. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, so who played? Who played Dr. Who played McCoy? Out. <laughs> no, quick question. What actor in Star Trek created the first words of the Klingon language? Oh, damn. See, that's a hard one. I don't know that. It Change might be it. easy for, you know, somebody who, like for a Klingon. <laughs> but here's the thing. This person was... An actor on Star Trek. Hmm. That's interesting. Okay, cool. Well, there you go, folks. If you happen to know the answer, please just write it into the comments there. We will flash it at the end of the night and uh, give you kudos. Um, by the way, we have been, just to, to backtrack a little bit on announcements, we have been, uh, we were giving away monthly giveaways and we're trying to find a better way of doing it now george and i have come up with something so within in june we're gonna we are gonna be giving away some stuff um and next week we'll have more information on that as well so just want to let you guys know that when we talk about trivia uh prizes and all that stuff we will be going back to that we just we're trying to really re restructure how we were doing it to make it more fun and to make it more engaging and just to make it a better a better uh, overall experience for everyone all right so that's our trivia question thank you very much um next we have the news let's do some trivia some trivia right. let's do some star trek news and um without further ado let's check out the news counterpart star trek news updates with george batista <laughs> All right. <laughs> He's my cousin. Thank you, sir. Uh, this week's Star Trek news, which I have a couple of items here, very quick items. Those of you who are 
fans of uh, the new series that's coming out with Anson Mount, again, the uh, the new Star Trek show that's coming out. Um, Jeffrey Hunter, those who know, um, who used to play Captain Pike, he actually played Captain Pike on the first, um, the first pilot of Star Trek. His son was in an interview and he actually... Uh, has praise for Anson Mount, who is currently going to be playing Captain Pike. Wow. Yes. So he, and I'll, I'll just read a, a little quick. Strange New Worlds. Yes. Strange New Worlds. And I'll read a little uh, quick, um, uh, a little quick thing that he said in an interview. He said, I'm really happy about Anson Mount. I've been watching Anson Mount and he really is, has the qualities that you need in Pike. You know, Pike is a very serious captain. Now my dad, played him as a guy who was burned who was burned out who really cared way too much about his crew and was really tested by the old Telosians. he's got some big shoes to fill and i think he's going to be really successful awesome. so um and you know i you know when it comes to that i think you know from just by seeing him on discovery i thought he was so good i thought yeah. he to me i thought he was the closest to captain pike yeah. Of the original Captain Pike, uh, Jeffrey Hunter, as anybody else who's played him. I mean, even though we had the gentleman, uh, I think it was Lee Greenwood, his name is, that played him mm -hmm. in the movies, who, who did a very good job as well. But I think that Anson Mount just kind of nailed him. Yeah, I just think he did nail it. Yeah. yeah. And it's also interesting that this character that we saw really briefly, you know, in, in the first episode and then later on, and the, the menagerie, right? Right. Um, we didn't have, a, we don't have a lot. To go on you know so but yet how impactful pike was right you know to just the overall star trek uh universe you know so i thought that that was really great that they're doing that and i'm happy that he's uh and it's really cool to hear about you know his son jeffrey hunter was you know he he died way too young um had a bit of a rough time there at the end um but he was really great at at, at uh but he, and he did he was also a very well-known actor for a lot of other things that he did as well you know he wasn't just a uh, pike he did a lot of things he was a working actor you know for many many years so um really exciting to see that absolutely and this just so you know this interview was done on a show called sammy Sam, uh, sammy speaks geek podcast <laughs> and it was jeffrey uh jeffrey hunter's oldest son chris hunter who was the one who was uh talking about that so uh that's Sweet. really cool and again excited uh for the strange new world show coming out soon yeah. Uh, second piece, just a very quick piece for those of you who are uh, fans in the New Jersey area of Star Trek Continues. Uh, there is what's going on uh, June 4th, 5th and 6th. We have the Garden State Comic Fest happening. And the guest that's going to be on there is the gentleman who played Captain Kirk in Star Trek Continues. That's uh, Vic Mignana. So he will be there June 4th, 5th, and 6th. Now that the uh, Garden State Comic Fest is uh, in Elizabeth, New Jersey. For those of you who are in New Jersey and would like to go out and check Vic out, uh, he will be there hanging out. So hopefully uh, go check him out. And that gentleman, of course, is going to be soon on our show uh, talking with us as well. And, uh, you know, he did such a great job in, in Star Trek Continuity. He's also very well known, which I doing research into him later on seeing how well known in anime he really is yeah. with the voiceover work it's amazing yeah. huh? a tremendous amount of voiceover work in anime he's sort of like a 
he's won awards too like you know like for 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 his work and like you know so it's sort of like a almost like a legend in in, in anime right. exactly. you know so it's really uh it was an interesting thing to to find because i didn't know that you know obviously we're star trek driven but in research there was just a lot that he did um so yeah we're very excited he's going to be on here it's a special episode that we're doing on uh the 10th of june um usually it's not we're on tuesday nights live but we're actually going to be on june um uh june 10th we're going to be live with uh, Vic, so i'm excited about that absolutely so uh yeah so go check him out and uh, check out that show as well and uh, and by the way any news segments or any uh articles that i cite from they are all on our facebook page uh, so I post them there. So if you guys want more information on any of the stuff that I go over in Star Trek news, just go to the Facebook page and check them out there. And uh, that is your Star Trek news for the week. Cool. Thank you very much. And if, it, if the Star Trek page, um, our, I mean, our counterparts page, you just go, if you just type in counterparts onto anywhere on Facebook, that will pop up. because uh, I checked and they're not really that many other counterparts show, especially ones that I have to do with Star Trek. So, right. Um, all right, so let's get down to this uh, week's show. Let's get started here. I've been really looking forward to this. This is a fun one because this is sort of uh, this is sort of like geeking out 101, you know, for us, you know, really, because then you get to kind of like look at other we're basically what we're doing today is we're doing the, the villains. We're doing our top five villains. <clears throat> George's top five, my top five. I don't know what his top five are. He doesn't know what mine are. And we're just going to go start at five and we're going to go all the way up to one. And um, this is basically our promo that you probably have seen. Will we agree? We might agree on some of them, <clears throat> but I'm really looking forward to doing this. So um, the villains of Star Trek have become almost as popular as the, the cast, you know, the, the, yeah. the, the crew, right? I mean, you know, you can't look at some of these villains and not know who they are, you know, as much as you know, who captain Kirk is, you know? Um, so it's really a, a testament to the writing, to the casting, to, you know, they, they put, they don't just make a villain. Okay. This guy's just a bad guy. This is what I love about star Trek. Again, let's geek out for a second, but this is what I love about star Trek is that they don't just create a black and white character. The guy is, the guy is evil. The guy is good. You know, it's there. It's always gray. These guys always, you just don't know. You know, you don't know. They might turn. They might be evil. They kind of always feel evil. But then at one point, they trick you, you know. And, and that's what I love about uh, some of these villains. You know, some of them are all just like straight up, you know, bad guys, obviously. But um, but the ones that uh, that I really fascinate me are those that are really complex. Yeah, you you see that. And that's what I, I, I completely agree. I, I like that they make them very complex and you you find yourself at times, especially when the villains come back, th those that have come back for two or three or four episodes, you uh, you actually like them. Yeah. You know, you, yeah, that's you, interesting, you, isn't they, it? you laugh because they, you know, and then they they're like the antagonist. They they really get under the skin of the whatever captain they're dealing with. Yeah. And I like the fact that they they piss off the captain and they do all these yeah. you know things. So it makes it yeah, there's awesome. Something, there's something entertaining. It's sort of like when you, as an actor, you know, when you get an evil character, you're always you're always like, and I think that has a lot to do with the actor that plays, the actors that get to play these characters. You know, it's like, you know, it's it's really something you're really not ever gonna do. You know, I mean, right. you can't really behave this way. You can you can behave romantic. You can behave funny. 
but you can't really behave like a like a villain you right. know you can only do that in movies you know um although there's some characters now but anyway i'm not going to go into that but um <laughs> there's some characters i've seen lately but um no but i mean i think that it's a fascinating way of of being able to cast where you find someone that really enjoys you know, it's not just the visual. You get, you give it to somebody who's like, "Ooh, I'm gonna love playing this son of a beast." You know yes. what I mean? Yes. And I think that that a lot of that these guys have that that quality. Yeah, and I look at um, and just as an aside for a second, talking about villains, one of my favorite villains in general, just for movies, is the the is uh, the the uh, the bad guy or the villain from Die Hard. Oh man, yeah, I know. Okay. I mean, yeah, he, he, so... he was so, and I, I, I don't remember the actor's name. I think he had passed. He passed away recently, actually. Not yeah, too long ago. you're right. But um, Hans Gruber was the was the character. Yeah, but yeah. man, I, I, you know, my my daughter and I were watching it not too long ago, and I and I told the first thing I said is, watch how cool he is. Yeah. Watch yeah. the way he he just strolls in. He's like, Mister McLean. You know, I'm going to kill you, but you know, but then he's like sophisticated, but he's cool, but he's ruthless. He's got yeah. all these little Alan, things. Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman, that's right. Yeah, he was, was a brilliant actor. By the oh way. yeah, I know he was incredible. He was also in that uh, that um, Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest, uh, Harry yeah. Potter, I think, also right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harry yeah. Potter, yeah. Yeah, just a great, a great, great actor all all around. But again, you know, <laughs> these are the characters that you get. You know, these you get these really brilliant actors. Right. That really, you know, just they just love living in that world, you know, because it's such an exploration for them. You know, yeah, so absolutely. it's pretty cool. All right. Well, you know what? Let's get started here. Um, we're almost 20 minutes, almost 18 minutes into the, the show here. So we're going to start the, um, on here. Um, George, I'm going to actually ask you if you would start. Sure. You're number five. So again, if anybody's out there, please just throw some villains out that you like and see if we pick them. Um, that'd be kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, give me your number five heading up to one of okay. your favorite villain. Yeah. So my number five is uh is a really ruthless dude. And I I mean I he, now, because I, mean, I don't know who they are, I don't have any photos. Right, actually, yes. So I'm going to actually, so, as you're talking about it, I'll when you absolutely. say it, I will find them. So his name is Commander Krug, and he is in Star Trek III, The Search for Spock, and oh, he is okay. the Klingon captain of the Bird of Prey. Okay, now, he's played by an amazing actor named Christopher Lloyd. Those of you who are old enough to remember Christopher Lloyd, he played in shows uh, that were, um, from the 70s, Taxi. Many of you probably saw him in the Back to the Future series as Doc Brown. Uh, but he played a Klingon, a really ruthless Klingon in Star Trek III, The Search for Spock. And he was a, um, there was a, there's a couple of reasons why I love him because number one, again, he he was so ruthless in this show, but he also he def, he he kind of defined the Klingons. He he because before before him, the Klingons were yeah they were bad dudes, but they weren't ruthless the way this guy was. Yeah, this guy came and I mean, if you messed up on his ship, he shot you and he killed you right there, which oh, he did with one of his crew, and he threatened others on, on his ship. And I thought it was brilliantly played by Christopher Lloyd. Um, and he, I mean, he really put the Star Trek crew, Kirk and 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 the, his whole crew through 
so much in this movie where at the end when Kirk finally gets him and and knocks him off the cliff and kills him you're like oh you know I'm yeah, it, it's so good when he does <laughs> exactly but and, I, and I thought he was fantastic I, yeah. I loved him as a villain and yeah he was really good and, and you know one of the things about his portrayal and um is that he never wavered you know i think you're right about like you know the, the klingons right because sometimes the klingons are very hard-headed right they right. don't they do not waver from what they think is their honor and they you know they, they would they would gladly die in battle that right. is part right and then that's part of it you know for them so um the way he played it was just really inspiring in the sense that he never wavered you know he never was kind he never you never think you know you think oh well maybe now he'll actually be nicer or something right. but <laughs> never ever did 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 he even come close yes. to trying to be you know trying to be a mr mr nice and here he is as a, there he is oh yeah ruthless dude love them yeah all right so that's a good one that's a good one all right, so now mine are my first, I mean, my number five pick is a little bit, it, it contains a little bit more of, of stuff because it's kind of a whole group of evilness. Right. So it's not just a one, um, a one-time thing, right? But one of my favorite um, characters or evil characters was this guy. This is my number five. Uh, Weyoun. Weyoun was like, <laughs> to me, <laughs> he was so hilarious because first of all he's not he's programmed right you know to be this way right now the reason i say is because you know we have the dominion um you know which which are here right yeah. and you know this is one of the like what they call the founders right mm -hmm. or or and um um and they were just completely evil uh but the, the thing about why they were evil was that they were trying to protect themselves because they were so different now they had this tremendous ability to con to change their you know appearances so they created like uh the you know all these different uh obviously they created way to kind of serve them to mm -hmm. kind of hand do their dirty work and stuff while they stayed safe in the in the the jelly pool um <laughs> and then the the gem hadar they also created these guys that yeah. these guys were the, the evil guys but they had these guys addicted to like to like uh um to that uh what was that like, like white oh, just so white just so white you know they had them addicted to this thing right. and that's how they were controlling them you know um what was interesting about these characters were that these guys right here when they were able to detox from from the white they were actually kind of like coherent they were yeah. kind of like they were kind of like this is not okay you know and there were a couple of guys kind of went straight and stuff now uh, um, these guys were very difficult, you know, Wei Yun and all the ones after him, because, you know, you get, he gets killed off and he can just come back again. Yeah. Um, but they were all very, very uh, the same, you know. Yeah. But I love the the whole dynamic between Cisco and these guys, you know what I mean? Because deep down, they know Cisco is not just the commander of, of this uh, base, right? He's much more than that, right? Um, he's sort of the chosen one, right? Um, and, and that, that dynamic between them really makes it interesting for me, uh, especially with Wei Yun, cause he was always like, Captain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he would always be this. <laughs> so, so of course, uh, me being, uh, uh, 
me i actually would do that with my wife you know whenever <laughs> she gets upset i'm just like i apologize <laughs> i'll never do that again okay that doesn't really help by the way just in case anybody yeah. wants to know for future reference it doesn't make the situation any better but it is great for humor absolutely now that i but that was played by an unbelievable actor named jeffrey oh Collins, yeah i'm gonna talk was, about the actors yeah um, yeah yeah, he he is, uh, uh, and I have actually some uh, pictures of him. This is actually yep. him. He's a great actor. I mean, mm -hmm. he he's really um, Jeffrey has. He's a, he's a theater actor. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. he's like a, a trained Shakespearean actor. You know, this is a guy who who's been in some of the biggest theaters. Uh, you know, for biggest companies for for Shakespeare ever. You know, um, so again, Star Trek getting top quality you know, performers to come in and do these amazing jobs with these characters, you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's like they're not getting the guys, you know, that are just uh, auditioning. They're getting guys that they can envision. They can see this guy could, could do it. You know, he's got the ability, you know, Absolutely. And what I what I loved about his character, obviously, he like you said, he would get killed uh, every couple of episodes, like they would snap his neck and he would go in and a clone would come in and yeah. they would kill, you know, kill him. A whole but there, was a, there was a, only a certain amount before he right. gets eliminated. Exactly. And that last one was, it was funny. So if you <laughs> haven't watched the series, I, Deep Space yeah. Nine, I think it's, it's, it's so good. Absolutely. And, and but the other thing, like you said, he was he had this. There he would he it's funny because he would get upset like you know especially him and uh, uh, I think it's Goldacott would always be at each other's throats about about things right but then as soon as Odo or one of the founders would walk in and be like oh oh you're my god yeah, and he would yeah. completely switch yeah, on a dime yeah, yeah. and he, I think, he was so good yeah because he was programmed to worship right. the founders you know yeah. and and Odo even though he was sort of a, a lost a missing you know he was kind of like sent out um wasn't really part of the the founders you know until later but um he didn't know that you know he's programmed only to to worship these guys you know and then the the uh the gem hadar was basically just uh programmed or drugged to right. do what they have to do or else they don't get their drug i mean it's, exactly. a, it's a really dark 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 you know <laughs> like a situation that's yeah. written into these characters so when you watch star trek it's not it's not like doo, 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 <laughs> it's not yeah. just that it's some really deep questions about uh, about life and some stuff that you can really dive into about you know what's happening what's happened here you know you know with obviously we've had slavery um you know and which is a tragic you know tragedy um but in modern times you know some people get so reliant they rely so heavily on a system to get them through that if you cut the ties to that system you know i mean they will really suffer and i think that you know the the, the jim hadar kind of like reminded me a little bit about that because when they break away from the system and realize you know what i don't really need that right i don't right. need it anymore i've been operating you know one guy is one scene where he goes i've been i've been operating without it for like a year you know, right. people are like, what? Yeah, right. You know, it's like, you know, uh, it's the founders really freak out, you know? Absolutely. Um, but yeah. So Absolutely. that's my number five. All right. <clears throat> number four for George. So my number four, <clears throat> excuse me, is um, I, it's a combination of the, of the totality of the villains in this species, sort of, I guess what you could call it, but also the person. So, 
My number four is the Borg Queen and the ah. Borg, okay, in general. Now, I say the Borg Queen, so th those of you who watched Star Trek First Contact yeah. uh, know that uh, the Enterprise went up against the Borg, who um, went back in time to try to stop Zephram Cochran from uh, creating warp drive. And the Enterprise had to follow them back in time to... Uh, to, to stop this, but they ran into, and this is the first time we see the Borg Queen, who was played amazingly by a wonderful actress, a, a South African actress named Alice Krieg, and uh, she was so good in this in this uh, role because you, up until then, you only know the Borg as just these. There she is, exactly. She and it's weird because. She, there's a beauty to her in right. this, you know, yeah. it's, it's amazing. It's a, it's a weird dynamic to her, but, um, you know, up until then we see the Borg as just what they were, right. They were like half man, half machine. They would go and they would assimilate planets. It was them, but she brought, she brought it to another level. You got to see a different side of the Borg where it's actually being, you know, it's being controlled by this person. And then the way she portrayed this character, especially with data, Right, the way she almost seduced Data, and she had this this way about her where she was very seductive and very calm, and and I mean, just um, she played it unbelievably. And you, there was a part of it that I I actually liked her, yeah, in a, in a way because of the the beauty of the performance. I really liked the way they they did that with her character. So yeah. so them, her, and the Borg in general are my number four. Yeah, she could assimilate me anytime. <laughs> anytime, I would actually, uh, I'll probably pay for that. Um, yeah, no, she, that's a, that's a definitely a, a good one. Um, the uh, the Borg as a whole, I think what she also gave out. And I think the fact that she's they made her pretty, I think probably was more of a of a film idea. You know, let's make let's not make her let's make her somewhat attractive. I right. think that was sort of. I think that had to do with cinema, you know, to, with, from, with sure. just promoting a movie and having that kind of thing. But, but then again, you don't know, because I mean, there was a certain sense of humanity in that character. And because they assimilate planets, they've been, they have actually assimilated earthlings, you know, right. humans. Right. So part of that might be that this is what she's actually projecting something that she's identifies with because they've done it for so much and something that can identify with others, you know, so Absolutely. to trap them in like a data or somebody, you know? Right. Um, so maybe that might be part of the reason why they're, they made them, you know, they made a uh, made her that way. Absolutely. Yeah. But they, I, I just thought they did a, a fantastic job with it. I mean, whichever, either way they, how they made it, but I just thought that it added, something like perfect like you said there's almost a human element to yeah. the whole org race yeah and a confusing confused she, she was confused a lot yes, too. exactly she didn't understand certain things and i thought oh okay that makes sense because they're not she doesn't have everything you know what right, i mean right. she's <laughs> still confused um all right so my number four ah <laughs> I love the I guys. Win. I love all the guys, but uh, Kai Win was to me like she was so, so evil. It, you know, her. from from day one, she was just really <laughs> annoying to, to, yes. to me. Yes. And and then after a while, I just liked to see her because of how evil she was and how she talked to Narice. Um, played really, really well. 
incredibly by uh, um, Louise Fletcher is her name. And um, I thought that that she did such a great. This is uh, her today. She's still kicking and still doing really well, which is really awesome. Um, I thought that that character was very maniacal, was very. Um, it, 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 this is this is actually what I mean about one of the characters that confused me midway through. I thought at the beginning that she was just completely afraid of losing her power afraid of you know giving in to either the cardassians or the federation whatever it was but right. she had something else that she was hiding that she never really you never really got to like much much later but in the beginning i just thought she was just a mean person because she was right. afraid right and then right. as that went along there were a few signs where she tried to actually uh or, or at least she fooled everyone to thinking that she was actually tr true and that she was trying to actually be some, uh, someone that you can actually trust for about this much. But, but there was a moment that I kind of thought, Oh, maybe she's going to turn good. You know, you know, you, you do that in uh, soap operas, right. And you're like, Oh, I think they're going to be good now, you know, wrestling or something, but um, you know, but she never wavered. Um, her performances was really great. She's actually a, a great actress. If you listen to her, um, I mean, just to get, dorky about acting but you know there's inflections in acting right in in performing and um you know the ends of words are really important they you don't want to start a sentence by saying hey i'm gonna go over there and i'll be there and you don't you know you don't want to you want to keep the same energy and so at the end of every sentence you can say at the end of every sentence at the end of every sentence at the end of every sentence you know there's a, a bit of energy there right and um she was so good actually a lot of these guys are just brilliant when it comes to the delivery of those lines and and just really having everyone hang on their word you know when people say hanging on their every word yeah. it's because every word that they end has so much energy in it that you're waiting for the next one right you know what i mean it's not someone who's a yeah so i went over there and they just i don't know they just they took my wallet you know <laughs> nothing like that it was it's very very interesting even if the same situation happened you will actually be interested in that, uh, in in what the story entailed. Um, so that's my number. What was it? Where are we? Uh, we're we're at number. That was your number four. Okay, number four. Yeah, and um, just just a quick thing on her. It's funny because she she came after uh, Kai Opaka, if I'm correct, right. right? Kai Opaka was was a very likable character. Very likable, yeah. Right, yeah. and then she comes on, and they completely changed that yeah. whole dynamic yeah. with her. And honestly. I hated her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hated every time she came on. I was like, oh, you know? I know. It was like because I knew is, she I was going to be. That, I felt the same way. <laughs> but I felt the same way. Almost like I was interested, interested right. in what the hell she was going to do now. Right. Or what exactly. She was say, or what, what kind of snide remarks is she going to make to Norris or, or or to Cisco or something? You know. Um, but yeah, I hated her too. You know, it was like, and I think that to me is is a good character when you can hate them, you know, and you're, and you, it's not because, and the reason I like her also, it's not because of she's tough. She doesn't have lasers. She doesn't have a, you know, she doesn't beat people up and oh, I'm a villain. Yeah. No, it's nothing like that. It's just a completely subtle villain, yeah. you know, uh, energy that is just like, wow, villains come in all, you know, even, even through our lives, you know, people mm -hmm. that you meet, 
you know, they'll they'll smile at you, but they'll stab you in the back. You know, you have to always watch out for those characteristics in people. And when you're watching something like this, you get to really see how dangerous someone that in a position of power can actually be. Yeah, it's it's in film that and I just my own little thing. I always know uh, how a character in a film affects me, specifically a villain, let's say, whether I really love them or really hate them. Right. You know, it's like if they got me in the middle and I'm, they're just like a villain, I'm like, eh, whatever. Right. But I, if I cannot stand this person, then you, right. to me, you know you're doing a good job. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, exactly. so cool. beautiful. All right. All right. Um, so let's see. Mine. Number three. Number three. My number three, and talking about inflections in, in acting and just – just completely being an amazing actor. My number three is Gull Dukat. Ah. Mark Alamo. Okay. Nice. Nice. Who I, I think is, and it was very interesting because he's he's one of those guys who was kind of typecast, right? Mm -hmm. Because he he played a, a villain in pretty much everything, right? Because he, yeah. he has that villain look to him, right? Yeah, it's the voice too. Yeah. You yeah, know, voices. He can really. He has that. He's a, he's also a great actor too. Absolutely. He's been he's been working in television since 1971. He did yeah. shows like The Six Million Dollar Man, Bionic Woman, Knight Rider, Greatest American Hero, Incredible Hulk, Hill Street Blues. Man, I mean, all those shows we watched every single one. Every of them. single one of them. Every single one. Of them. And actually, I I do remember him. It's funny because you know you watch Deep Space Nine, but then when I go back and I watch those old shows, I'll see him pop up every now and then. And my wife and I were like, hey, it's called Ducat. Yeah, you know, whatever. You know. But I loved him in Deep Space Nine because every time he came on, I, I was glued. Yeah. I wanted to see because he he went back and forth. He was a, he wanted to destroy Cisco and take over the station and get Cisco out of there. And he wanted to be a thorn in Cisco's side. But then there was those times where you liked him, where he was a nicer guy and you saw his daughter. And then he, he loved his daughter so much. And he did things for the there he is he did things for the love of his daughter you know and um some of some of the crazy things he did was because of the love for the love of his daughter you know mm -hmm. but so you get that that human side of him you know that that empathetic side of him but at the same time he could re be a real bastard too you know yes. and he was but he i mean he played it so well so he he's definitely my number three yeah, I loved I loved this character. Um, definitely one of my favorites. Um, he also had he also had the ability to be charming, mm -hmm. you know, with anyone. Right. You know, uh, he I think was deeply in love with Norris. Not yes. I don't think I know he was deeply in love with Norris to the point where he at one point kind of thought that that might actually happen. And yeah. <laughs> Norris is like, "You freaking you what are you nuts? I don't think so. No, I want I want a gelatin." <laughs> um and you know <laughs> she yeah, oh, what a man who could turn to gelatin yeah and um but yes yes uh he was definitely a, a fantastic fantastic character cool all right um what am i up to number three oh <laughs> make sure i get these right because i feel like i'm missing something oh yeah okay okay three uh, then uh, okay good all right so my number three <laughs> is the professor from gilligan's island oh, hold on 
I never liked him. The Borg. The Borg. I think the Borg is the most frightening thing <laughs> because it's not even a villain. Right. You know what I mean? It's just a huge, giant computer thing that repairs itself no matter how you destroy it. Right. And you could turn it, you could pulverize it into dust, and those nano, those nano chips right. will actually somehow, and it may take a million years, but they will. Re, it is the most frightening thing that to see the Borg. The only way, I you, there is no way to destroy the Borg. You know, I mean, there is, in my opinion, I had this conversation with somebody um, about it because we were talking about who you can't kill, like what villain you can't kill. And I was thinking to myself, is the, is the Borg. Because no matter if you pulverize them, they're going to repair itself because it's programmed into its its uh, sequence to continue to do that forever. Um, so for me, the Borg is uh, probably the most... I don't want to say like the most... They're, they're not interesting. You know, let me right. just say that. I don't find them interesting. You know what I mean? I don't... Mm -hmm look at a board coming at me and think like, Oh, the board, what is that? A great thing. It's not that about it. You know, it's the overall power of how evil some, some entity can be to create something that would just continue to be evil. And it's only purpose is to take everything else over and to make everything like it. You know what I mean? Right. I mean that is evil and evil and evil. You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy. Well, the Borg is, it's kind of like a virus, right? You know, Borg the like Borg teenagers. are like teenagers or teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, like, <laughs> that's true too. But I, I mean, I say it's kind of like a virus. I mean, it's kind of a weird comparison, but what does a virus do, right? A virus oh, yeah. has to, has to get inside the cell and it has to, its job is to hijack the cell and then make yeah. copies of it. Right. right? And, Actually, and live oh, a, you know, like a parasite, like a parasite. Exactly. Yeah. And, and kind of, that's what the Borg are. Now it's interesting because, the Borg, when they started on Next Generation, weren't that frightening, right? They just showed up here right. and there. Then when they captured uh, Picard, Picard, they yeah. became a little more frightening. Yeah, that was when you when you got to uh, that movie, First Contact, they yeah. were completely frightening. Yeah, I mean, and and that scene, and, and if you guys uh, ever watch First Contact, when they're walking through the halls, and you, yeah. they're just about to meet the Borg, your heart's racing on yeah, that part because yeah. you know what they're headed for. I remember that, and it's also awesome because. You get to see that evolution, right. you know, when they first came in, and then the movies, and, and you know, and, and then you get to see that, and that makes sense because they've been assimilating to everything. You know, they've right. been, you know, capturing stuff, and uh, um, so it makes sense that that's the the, you know, how they actually grew to be as frightening as they as they were, and then by the time they were at the, you know, Deep Space Nine and and all that stuff, I mean, it was just craziness just complete craziness yeah, so yeah i agree absolutely all right, all right so where are we at we're at number we two at? Number, number two number two wow of the top five villains i'm like casey Kasem. all right um and now, and now number two <laughs> my number two <laughs> my number two was very difficult for me I, I i wrestled with this one the reason why i wrestled with this Upset one because stomach. Yeah, I had an upset stomach. It was, it was number tough. two. Uh, <laughs> My number two was very difficult. It was very <laughs> How about some brand? <laughs> <laughs> he 
you know, only you would come up with that. Right. Um, it was it was tough because I really don't like to define this person as a villain, but yet in a technical sense, they're considered a villain. So my number two would be Q. Oh, wow. That is a tough one. <laughs> it's a very tough one. Okay. So Q, those of you who watch Star Trek The Next Generation, that's where it started. Q was played by an amazing actor named John Delancey. Yeah. Now Q, who is a this omnipotent being who could pretty much do whatever he wants and show up whenever he wants and manipulate the universe, right, has been a thorn in Jean-Luc Picard's side and continues to be, right, yeah. because he's going <laughs> to show up in Picard. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's one of those guys that he, he manipulates everything in Picard's world. He, he put humanity on trial for all the things that it's done, but yet the character is so great. There he is. The character is so good. It's so well written to me and it's so well played by John Delancey. And they, and it's weird because when you first see Q in the beginning, right in the first episode, He's a very serious and, you know, the concept of, of what he's doing, putting the humanity on trial. And then he goes through this evolution where he starts showing up every now and then. And then he's just like, hey, what's up? You know, and he just shows up on the ship and he starts doing crazy things and all this. And then when you get to the end of uh, Next Generation, he's back on the chair again. Right. And, you know, we're getting the final verdict of mankind and what it's <clears throat> what it's done. <clears throat> so. But I, he was probably, he's, I love him as a character. I'm glued when he comes on. And I just, I just, I, I thought he was a yeah. great villain. I, I thought he was fantastic too. Um, definitely one of my favorites also. Um, he, and you're right about the, the villain part because, and I tell, I, and my wife and I, because my wife and I, we saw the whole series, all, everything. We saw everything, Star Trek together and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, when the kids, when my daughter was young, um, you know, we could actually spend time watching stuff. We can't do anything now, but, um, but, um, we talked about this and we realized that Q is bored, right? You know what I mean? He's bored, man. He's got so much power. He can do anything. He is godlike, right? He can do anything. He can manipulate anything except Picard. Picard. Yeah. Picard is like a, a a mental, you know, he hit a mental brick wall. He couldn't get in there. Uh, and 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 Picard would sometimes get into his head right. and he'd be like, oh, that's why he kept coming back. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, this is entertaining. I'm yes. so bored. I've been around for a millions of years. I can't die, you know, and, and it's like, I'm just going to keep going. I got to do something to entertain myself. And, you know, that that happens. You know, that happens even in life, right? I mean, we all get bored. And why do you think we, we're doing this? And why do we have uh, sporting events? And why do people um, play chess and checkers and video games? And, and all the things that people do is because there's it's a game. And game is actually games are very high in, in humanity. You know, right. games, playing a game is a very high thing for, for, uh, for humanity. Um, and I can talk about that in more detail at some other point, but, but it's a very high thing spiritually for, for, for us. That's why we love games. That's why we, we, we revere sporting sports heroes, you know, mm -hmm. and, and even actors, 
are playing a game. They're playing a role. It's a game. We're trying to all kind of just have some uh, some uh, some positive and and fun energy. Right. I've heard you know I've heard it said in the past <clears throat> um, in lectures and stuff where they were talking about the mind and they were saying that uh, the mind loves certainty but it also loves uncertainty. Sure. Right. And <clears throat> so talk about the board aspect. So we think about like, you even look at these big giant CEOs, right? These guys like the Bill Gates of the world, the uh, Elon Musk's and all these guys. Okay. They started and they created whatever their, their uh, company was, but they didn't stay there. Right. Yeah. Because they could have just stayed there and said, okay, this is all I'm doing. But right. no, after a while, it's like, What's my next challenge? I created, right. you know, I, I'm worth more than anything here, right. but yet they're looking for that next thing right. to, for, for that, for that challenge. And that, again, it goes back to like, that's Q, right? right? He's it looking is, yeah. for that challenge. And it shows you the danger of that right. also, you know, exactly. um, you know, it's also a dangerous thing to have, to have that much power right. and then be bored. What are you going <laughs> to do? I don't know. Let me think. What yeah. can I screw up today? You know, just, just to try to play that game and to, you know, push, on that envelope to see if something happens so I can be entertained because I'm so freaking bored, you know? Absolutely. So I think that's why Q is, but that's a great choice. And, and that's a yeah. great, uh, great character for sure. Cool. All right. So I'm that was, who's doing number, number two. Me? Yeah. Oh, number two. Okay. <laughs> All right. Number two for me. Uh, is this gentleman. Ah, Khan. Khan Nunian Singh. Yeah. So this character, I think, for anyone that knows Star Trek, is the most popular character, not only in Star Trek, but just of sci-fi in general. Um, how many people go around screaming, Khan? You know, um, it's just, I thought, you know, when it, the first time I saw, you know, uh, um, um, the Wrath of Khan. I was like, this dude is amazing. I was blown away from day one. I think you and I, George, saw it probably a bunch yeah. of times together. You know, um, as, as kids, and um, you know, um, every time we watched it, and you know, we made our jokes and stuff afterwards, of course. Um, but every time we watched it, we were always there was always certain parts that we were just glued to his performance, his delivery of lines, his um. His really not wavering again. He reminds me a little bit of uh, of some of these characters that really just have their viewpoints. You know, you mentioned Christopher Lloyd and you know his character, um, Gorg was it? Um, Krug, 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 um, and you know Krug was the same kind of thing. You know, it was just one minded. But the thing about that was different with with Khan was Ricardo Montalban. Yes, Ricardo Montalban was suave. He was a suave guy, you know, uh, just as an actor. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, look at this dude. Yeah, this is yeah. this is this dude already doing Fantasy Island. He's already done Khan here, um, you know. But this is a cool guy, and he was able to take that coolness, you know, that suaveness, and add it to this character, but with such vile. You right. know, he hated Kirk to such a degree, which is at the end of the day was his his demise. Right. He hated right. him so much. that That's what really he could have actually let him and, and they could have escaped. Right. Right. But he hated Kirk so much with such a passion that he just had to go get him and had to go 
destroy him, you know. And um, and I just thought that that Khan and Ricardo Montalban was to me uh, an incredible um, connection to Star Trek, and um, one of those characters that you will never, ever, ever, ever forget. I completely agree, and I'm going to piggyback on that, John, and say that Khan is my number one. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> so I might as well, while we're here, might yeah, as well talk yeah, about yeah. it. So he is he is my number one villain. Um, he brought, now again, Ricardo Maltaban brought a sexiness to the villain role. Mm -hmm. But also, to me, and we've talked about this as well in Star Trek 2, I think he has a lot to do with saving the franchise. Oh, 100%. He say, I mean, because again, going going from the the first motion picture to now, you know, the the second one where he completely just plays this, and I, I call him the Captain Ahab of Star Trek, right? This right. angry guy going after the whale type thing, and has to have it on, until, like you said, until it destroys him. But he again in the beginning, when you watch him in the beginning of the movie, he's just cool. And he's like, his first words in the movie are, I don't know you. And just when he speaks those words, you like, it, it gives you chills yeah, he's, in his, so in, in your spine, the way he's, the way he played that nobody else could play that role. And I, and listen, Benedict Cumberbatch is a great actor he, and, and he played a very good con in the new movies by JJ Abrams, but Nobody will play Khan like Ricardo Montalban. No, no, no. Uh, and I just, I, I love what he did. I love how he played it, the anger and the passion that he does it. Almost like a, it's a Shakespearean way of playing it. You know, you could yeah. picture him on the, on the stage playing this role. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's my number one. I love Yeah, him. definitely, definitely. And it was hard for me because Khan is just so dear to me. And the only reason I picked my number one was... I found th there was more time with him. You know what I mean? And uh, so, I mean, you probably already know who my number one is. Uh, but my number one is uh, Gold oh, Ducat. There he is. And uh, Gold Ducat played by um, Mark. Um, what's his name? How do you pronounce Alamo? it? I, I say Alamo. I think Alamo. Yeah, I know. But it's, uh, I, I don't know. It might be wrong. But... Yeah. But um, here he is. And um, just a great performance. But the thing about, you know, like I talk about complexities and characters a lot. And this was a character I really liked. Mm -hmm. I wanted him to actually have a change yeah. of heart. You know what I mean? I wanted him to actually see that the Federation, what they were doing was good. And what 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 he did with the occupation was bad. You know, mm -hmm. I wanted him to see that. Yeah. And through the series, he did see some fault in some of the things he did, you know, but he always reverted back to just the power. He lost power. Remember he was, uh, he was the, in charge of the whole thing mm -hmm. before they, they got overthrown. Right? right. And now he's sort of like, you know, me sort of almost like a, like somebody who was a CEO of a company who's now working in accounting. Right. Right. And that's kind of like what he was, you know, had to resort to and his anger, you could see it. He wanted to have the power, even with other Cardassians. You know, he would like fight with them because they were trying to tell, they would like put him down and he would just be like, you know who I am. You know what? You know, nobody right now, you know. Yeah. Um, and that, that really angered him. And I think that also was what fueled his, 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 uh, his evil ways. 
-hmm. like he couldn't get over the fact that he lost his power right you know um and of course he had this tremendous love for his daughter which was the only decency the only thing that probably kept him um from going completely insane at, at some point and even dead earlier was the fact that he loved his daughter and he was doing something and um to try to help her but even that he could not do you know even that he was a, unable to like fulfill his duties as a as a father obviously Cardassians do not make good fathers especially <laughs> military ones exactly um, but unless, yes, unless you, you count Robert Kardashian but right <laughs> <laughs> makes good ones um <laughs> but you know what I mean that it's just one of those things that when when you get a character that you spend more time with you know um you really he developed to me in a way that I thought was the arc was just so nice. You know, you really got to see. And with Khan, it was sort of like, boom. You know, yeah, what I mean? it was, it was like, just, yeah, yeah you have to absorb it. And of course, we have Space Seed, which is the original right. uh, episode, original episode from the original series. But then the and the movie. So you have more of Khan as well. But with, uh, you know, with Golducat, we really have a lot of uh, great dialogue, great interactions back and forth with Norris and and with um um with uh, Cisco you know just a tremendous amount of uh, of really great writing you know and i think that's another thing that these actors had on their side was the fact that the writers were really good you know i mean and people could say whatever they want but you take a passage from a even from like khan we were just talking about khan you take a passage from one of his you know rants you know or mm -hmm. one of his like yeah. It's it's really well written. Yes, you know what I mean. Is. It's really poetic. Right. You know, it's the same thing with Golducat. It's the same thing with um, um, uh, Cisco. Mm -hmm. Had some great thing. You know, great great monologues. You know, just uh, really filled with a lot of uh, uh, nuances and and uh, you know and, and Golducat's speeches. I love them because they were so filled with speculation and everything. Like he <laughs> never knew exactly anything but he thought he knew everything exactly. and now that, that was his frustration like he knew nothing but he wanted to show like he knew everything and that was his his uh his full his full character yeah you get the you get the insecurity of him Completely. you know that you get that that he's like that guy like exactly like you laugh. said he would laugh exactly you he would, would laugh. He, no, really. he, he was like that guy you you sit there and you're listening to him and you're like he's full of it you know, yeah. but but he, you know, but he. Yeah, and Norris never fell for it. She was always right. like, like I'm not falling for you. But exactly. he and he knew that, and I think that just angered him even more. You know, and to you know, for him to to lose his uh, uh his his position. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. that was like, you know, um, that was like for him his his final. Uh, uh, by the way, I didn't mention that the uh the borg was actually played beautifully by by rubik's cube i don't know if i <laughs> just amazing performance i mean the nuances um but yes so all right so we got our uh our five um that was fun man that was, that was fun, awesome. I, I, yeah. I, I you surprised me though you surprised me. I don't know. I don't know if I. I, I might have surprised you probably with the. Uh, you, you did surprise Kai. me with Kai Win. I completely yeah, Win. didn't expect that one at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was very surprised um, 
with uh oh Christopher Krug. <laughs> yeah i was very surprised i was yeah very, I, yeah I, and i think for me him fantastic, he, you know yeah i think for me it probably and and again con and krug both for me i think because those two characters really affected me as a kid as a star yeah. trek fan um you know i hated them but i loved them at the same time and they yeah, yeah. you know like got my heart racing when i watched these guys perform and to this day when i watched them i'm like oh i love them you know yeah yeah so i it, i i guess i still i still feel those feelings when i see them and that's that's why i sure. love those villains so much you know? yeah to me uh you know the difference for me was like khan when when i see khan you know in in the film i don't see um mr rourke Oh no, no. You know what I mean? I don't see it. But because Christopher Lloyd's voice is so distinctive, distinct. yeah. When I watch it today, it's hard. It's a little little hard for me because right. I was I'm such a huge Back to the Future fan. Right. And I've I've seen those movies. I've seen them with my kids. My kids love them. And so it's it's very in my head. So it's always for me, it's like, you know, run for it, Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it's always a that kind of thing. So I have a little bit, but, but again, the performance was fantastic. You know, I don't, I don't go there, but for me, just the voice sometimes get, I realize, oh yeah, that's uh that's doc, you know, yeah, Wait a minute, doc, are you telling me that you built this time ship out of a <laughs> Klingon vessel? But you know, Christopher Lloyd is one of those guys that has to play. He can't play a normal guy. Yeah. He's got to play something, somebody who's a little, you know yeah, what I mean? He's, yeah, Natowski, I mean, yeah. you know, that was like his uh his signature introduction yeah. to the world yeah. you know what i mean yeah. and but he, he's a great actor i mean absolutely don't get me wrong he is certainly a, a fantastic actor so let me see if i missed anybody here remember these guys they played uh <laughs> whatever happened to those guys oh they just, they were left uh, on the island oh on the guys. planet Poor guys didn't know Awesome. I am out of breath. This was wow. awesome. So uh want to thank everybody for tuning in. We appreciate y'all. We're going to check the uh, trivia question now before we uh, uh, before we part here for the evening. So, George, you the question was, who played Gilligan? <laughs> On Gilligan's Island. Uh, no. Um, Bob Denver, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, who? Okay. So, what Star Trek actor oh, yes. was was Star Trek actor was responsible for creating the first words of the Klingon language. I mean the thing is it's it here's how, how I look at this, right? I can't look at it by saying that it was the original series. Because in the original series I don't remember Klingon being spoken that way. I remember Klingons just speaking normal. So, and they look different, you know, the, the evolution of, uh, of the Klingons, right? Right. And then when I watch The Next Generation, The Next Generation had the, 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 the Klingons that we know today, you know, give or take a couple of differences here and there, right? Right. But um, um, that, to me, says that it must be in, in, in the Next Generation series. So I'm narrowing it down. I'm using my brain. <laughs> it hurts. You have no idea. Um, so, so I would think. So I'm I'm looking at now that. So I would have to say it's Gene Rottenberry. 
Oh, no, wait. You said it was an actor. I said it's an actor. Damn it. Come on, man. Listen to my questions. <laughs> it's got to be somebody that it's it's not. It's definitely not Patrick Stewart. I don't be think interesting it's, if it was. Imagine Patrick Stewart going. Walk, 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 walk. Yeah, exactly. I just don't <laughs> see that happening. Uh, I don't see uh, Riker doing it. Brett Sprinter might because he's he's a very he's extremely funny. He's actually a very t talented actor. Um, and um, it's gonna be somebody I know, right? Of course. Okay, you're not gonna be like Ensign. And, and Smith, and John Smith, who died uh, yeah. two minutes of the first uh, episode. No, so um, you give up? Yeah. So the first couple of words of the Klingon language were actually invented by Mr. James Scotty Dewan. Oh, really? Correct. So it was so, in, the, in the original episode. Yeah. So, well, here's the thing. Ah. So you are, and you are correct. The Kling, Klingonese, as they call it, was not spoken in the original series. They spoke English, right? Right. But between the ending of that show and the first movie, he created the sounds of the Klingon language, and he created the first few syllable, or well, the first few words that actually are spoken in the very first scene of Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Hmm. Where Mark Leonard, by the way, who's playing a Klingon, actually says fire and fire at V'ger and all that. Those words were created by James Doohan. I wonder what, <laughs> how did that yeah. come about? Yeah, and he, well, the, the interesting thing was that then at some point there was a gentleman, his name is Mark Okrand, who took that. And he, Mark Okrand, by the way, is a linguist. He took wow. that and actually ran with it after that movie and created the rest of the Klingon language. Wow. And, and actually, it, people book. actually speak it too, which is. And people speak it. And actually, those words do mean things. So you can actually say a sentence and it actually means, you know, whatever, whatever yeah, it means. Yeah. Like, so, uh, but yes, it was James. Is the only word that I know. <laughs> uh, but James Doohan was the one who created the first. Amazing. Of, That's of, really good. I had no idea. Language. That's really yes. good. Wow, cool, cool stuff. Yeah. Um, so there you have it. There you have it. That's our show. That is our top uh five villains for George and for myself. Uh some surprises there on on both parts. Mm -hmm. Um I kind of cheated a little bit because I I had the Dominion. I had <laughs> you know, I had I had a few of these. I had the the I had the Gem Hadar and I also right. had uh um What's his name? Uh, Wei Yun. Wei Yun. So, so I had them all like in one. In one <laughs> so I feel like I had like, like eight. <laughs> but they kind of all, you know they what all, I mean? They're all linked. They're they kind really of linked. all linked, you know? And I, I really should just should just said the Dominion. Right. They're all part of the Dominion anyway, right? True. So, Absolutely. But anyway. All right, folks. Well, I want to thank you all for tuning in. Stay tuned next week where we're going to be talking about Star Trek Continues, the series that was created, uh, basically kind of putting a, a final bookend on the series, the original series, which ended after only three seasons. Um, they got together with a funded, right? It was a, a, a fan-funded project. They built all these amazing sets that look exactly like it. They had the sounds. They had everything. And they did 11 episodes that you can watch. I think a lot of them are actually on YouTube at this mm -hmm. point. 
Yeah. Um, you can watch all of these episodes. They were done extremely well. And so we're going to be talking about that series next week on Tuesday. Two days later, on the 10th, this is on the 8th, next week on the 8th, two days later, we're going to have the gentleman that played Captain Kirk in Star Trek Continues, which is Vic, and I'm, I'm, I'm learning uh, Minyanya. No, no, Minyana. Tomorrow. Vic Minyana. Minyana. Uh, not too bad. Minyana. <laughs> Uh, Vic Mignana is going to be on the show. He played he played Captain Kirk in the series, so that we're really excited about that. So he'll be here next uh, Thursday. Um, so we're going to have Tuesday and Thursday of next week. I'm going to be promoting about it. I'm going to be talking a lot about it. So uh, hopefully, tell your friends, come on in, ask questions. You know, especially if you love Star Trek and you want to ask the guy who played Captain Kirk. Not many people have played Captain Kirk. I think there's That's only true. three. That's very true. Very true. Um, so that's going to be exciting. But also don't forget that this week we're we're also going to be featuring an interview with uh, Trek Lad. That's right. That's right. So we actually recorded uh, uh, an interview with Trek Lad, Michael, from Trek Lad. Uh, really, really great guy from Europe, from London, actually. Um, and when he speaks Star Trek, it's much more eloquent because he's got that English accent. So when you hear him speaking, you'll be like, oh, He's smart. What are these guys? You got from the Bronx. What are these guys talking about? <laughs> yeah, he knows. He knows his stuff, though. He you. knows his stuff. He is like really, really awesome. So he's actually we're gonna have that show, and that show is gonna be uploaded because we have it already recorded. Uh, we're gonna upload that on this Thursday. So you're gonna get Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Thursday. You're gonna get counterparts. Um, you'll be able to watch that on YouTube and watch it as well on our on our Facebook uh, pages as well. So busy weeks coming up. Appreciate it. Good stuff happening. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in, and we will see you all next week. Have a wonderful week ahead. If you have any questions, as always, you can always email us, uh, contact us uh, via YouTube or any of our uh, pages there, and please visit our website as well, counterpartsshow.com. Thank you, George. Always a pleasure. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Have a great week, everybody. Take care of yourselves, and as always, peace.